Welcome to Talks News. Your only source into the crypto fascists taking the mask off and revealing their true plan. I am your host, the wacko weirdo rebel scum Jedi hero. Today's date is June 23rd, 2021. Let the record show. And we begin with the Pledge of Allegiance, the Tox News way. Pledge of Allegiance to liberty and justice for all. Now, I wasn't planning on recording this week. I was planning on taking a hiatus, and I don't actually normally record on Wednesdays anymore, and I guess you'll find this on a Thursday, uh, the 24th. But uh, uh, a particular news segment was brought to my attention from Tucker Carlson. Um, It was brought to my attention by a Twitter channel by the name of, um, shoot, what was it called? Uh, Just Security. And uh, they they put up a very uh, fascinating article in regards to propaganda. And I uh, feel like that's worthy of a little bit of reading. Uh, I will place it in the description below for the full uh, article, Um, but there is a piece of it that I do want to get into as well uh, before we get into Tucker Carlson's segment. But of course, there's a Militia Watch update uh, this week, and I will go through that. It's a pretty short one. This is the unofficial Militia Watch update reading from me. Uh, I I, I merely do it because I like keeping up with these things. Uh, They didn't ask me to do it. Nobody asked me to do it. I just like to. So, wow. Um, My computer is um, doing pretty bad. So, um, please uh, have some patience for me. All right. So, uh, this week is a brief update covering some of the following. One, we have several police officers face consequences related to J6 Riot. We have ex-police chief uses charity to fund violence. And then we have Oath Keepers. Organization in turmoil. Founder used funds from... It on non-Oath Keepers-related goods. Interesting. So we begin now with uh, police, three percenters, and J6. A Chicago police officer, Carol, I cannot say their last name, Chwaisiwik, yikes, who claimed he, quote, knocked out a commie, unquote, during his involvement in the riot at the J6 uh, at the U.S. Capitol building in D.C., was just arrested. Uh, Carol also reportedly used racist epithets in messages initially saying in D.C. that, quote, there's so many blacks here, I'm actually in disbelief, unquote. Then a week later, after charges started arising, uh, he said, quote, N-word, don't snitch, unquote. An ex-police chief from, that's cool, it's a police officer, uh, in Chicago, so that's that's great, um, arrested now, so hopefully ex-police officer. Um, we have an ex-police chief from California, Alan Hostetter was just released on bail this past week. He is one of the six California men associated with the Three Percenters Militia Movement charged with conspiracy earlier this month. Hostetter is under more legal pressure as he apparently illegally used a tax-exempt charity he formed called the American Phoenix Project to fund violence and obviously partisan work on behalf of Trump. According to federal prosecutors, Hostetter made public speeches as a representative of the charity in which he talked about execution regarding those who wouldn't overturn the election. So remember that, that that's a, that's a thing that was in the minds of a lot of people who were there. I will admit there were what we call in America, moderate Republicans who were there believing that they were, um, you know, doing the behest of their, uh, demagogue president. Um, 
but the the militia uh, risk and the threat of violence was still prevalent there. Uh, let's not forget the crowd that said, you know, chant and hang Mike Pence. So um, let's see here. Um, Hostetter is also a white yogi who ran a yoga studio called Alpha Yoga. So there's a little information on him. Uh, he, he, he talked about executing uh, anyone who wouldn't overturn the election and yet also practices yoga. Uh, so and then we have Russell Taylor, an organizing colleague of Hostetter in Orange County, uh, stop the steal and anti-lockdown demonstrations may have set up a chat group on telegram to organize a group of fighters to travel to dc with weapons taylor was also a leader of the american phoenix project with hostetter taylor in a message to hostetter confessed quote we were meant to come together to be engaged in this war at this time it is an honor to be shoulder to shoulder with you unquote uh, so fascinating. And then there's a little timeline here between the anti-lockdown demonstrations and the Stop the Steal demonstrations, followed by the J6 riot. So that's very interesting. Uh, the U.S. county with the most charges related to J6 is Franklin County, Ohio at 7, followed by Los Angeles, California, Erie, New York, and Bucks, Pennsylvania at 6 arrestees. This puts Bucks County, Pennsylvania at a rate of about 1 arrestee per 100,000 residents, perhaps also pointing to how important interpersonal networks likely are for motivating activity among these actors. Now we have some Oath Keepers updates. According to recent reporting in Reuters, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, a Republican, detailed some of the specifics of threats and attempted violence against him and his family for his refusal to overturn the Georgia election. Raffensperger said that Oath Keepers apparently came by his house in late November. When they were confronted by police outside of his house, the out-of-state Oath Keepers then claimed they were, to they were there to protect the governor from BLM, a dubious claim at best. Virginia Senator Joe Morrissey just won a restraining order against David Brigham or Brigman, a former president of Virginia's Oath Keepers chapter. Most of the order seems to come in reaction to a violent tweet and a threatening call over the phone. Another element of the order seems partially in reaction to a FOIA request against Morrissey's office regarding the center's uh, senator's biggest campaign donor, Nexus Services, which has been accused of exploiting immigrants. Brigman, who is politically angry against Morrissey and Nexus, is also a former employee of the company. Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys are experiencing a major financial squeeze and chaos among their ranks as their online networks are cut over and over again. <clears throat> the Wall Street Journal reports on a lot of these updates here, included in this Militia Watch update. Within the story, though, are numerous juicy bits, such as Oath Keepers leader Stuart Rhodes apparently using some of the Oath Keepers' money at a sex shop. So, uh, again, this will be included in the description for further reading. And then we have even more further reading. We have from Media Matters for America on 3%ers merch still on Amazon. We have Byline Times on far-right donors bankrolling the 3%ers and more. We have the Southern Poverty Law Center on Inject Divisions Corb on Telegram and elsewhere. And then from Oakland side, we have a review of Grizzly Scouts planning and action. So, uh... A lot of activity going on. Um, so when we're talking about J6 and downplaying the severity of the issue, this is mainly what we're really hiding here. This is what goes unspoken of when they say that uh, Democrats are targeting Republicans when it comes to the J6 riot. So moving on very quickly here, um, we're going to begin with um, 
this article i'm only going to read a section of it and the rest is up to you i just find this little piece of information very fascinating before we get into tucker carlson's segment so uh this section uh this article here is a on the propaganda playbook it's a section by section dissection of tucker carlson's communication strategy but then uh we have this little tidbit here of interesting information called the propaganda playbook so it begins Propaganda is a type of communication built for warfare. It is communication as a kind of force, a weapon in itself. War propaganda typically focuses on its uh, us versus them, emotional appeals, conspiracy, and other tactics designed to erode um, the confidence of the enemy or build the confidence of one's own side. But we don't find these propaganda tactics used just during warfare. We find them being used daily on social media and cable news and other media that work on the metrics of attention and engagement. Propaganda is great at getting our attention, but it's terrible for democracy. Um, a little note here. The author of this, uh, let's see here, is by Jennifer Mercieka and she gives us a little background here as well uh it says i teach classes on effective and ethical communication and lately i've been teaching my students how to recognize propaganda when they see it these tactics are effective in warfare i explain and fundamentally unethical in daily life they amount to quote influence without consent unquote denying our ability to think critically politics is not warfare so i find that uh, a bit of interesting tidbit there uh, let's see here. Let's continue on. Da, 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 da. Edward Bernays. Uh, he was a psychologist back, uh, a student prodigy. I think also nephew of um, uh, Freud, Sigmund Freud. Um, Edward Bernays was an early advocate for mass propaganda, uh, developing propaganda strategies for the United States during World War I and continuing to lead the development of the science, uh, science of propaganda throughout the 20th century. He explained the goals of different kinds of war propaganda in 1942. First, we have propaganda of enlightenment, would, uh, which would give true facts to the people and army of the enemy. Then we have propaganda of despair, which would break down the morale of the enemy by showing impending death, disaster, and defeat. We then have propaganda of hope, which would give the enemy a picture of their happy future once they give up. Then we have particularist propaganda, which would divide the enemy by pitting their factions against each other. And then finally, revolutionary propaganda, which would break down the government of the enemy from within. Notice that all of these strategies target the enemy with a goal to end the war. Because propaganda is a tool of warfare, it relies on us versus them polarization rhetoric. When propaganda is deployed against us during warfare, the goal is to unify our side against the enemy. To do this, propaganda often relies upon fear appeals to demonize them and to scare the us into maintaining a warlike footing. We've known since Aristotle that emotional appeals are persuasive. We know especially that fear appeals uh, work. We, uh, 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 yeah feel appeals do work media effects scholars have explained that uh strong emotions like outrage and fear can be elicited through media content can be contagious and can in misinform our understanding of threats like violence and crime um from cognitive science, we learn how these kinds of appeals work against our body's basic physiology, denying our ability to reason about media content. According to psychologist Daniel 
Goleman, uh, an amygdala hijack is when the body's natural responses to fear hijacks the rational part of the brain. In response to perceived danger, the stress hormones, adrenaline, and cortisol flood the brain, hijacking the amygdala and preventing critical thinking. Propagandists often use um, appeals to conspiracy as a fear uh, appeal and an amygdala hijack strategy. Um, let me see here. As I've explained elsewhere, conspiracy theory is an incredibly effective but unethical strategy. Conspiracy is premised on a self-confirming or circular reasoning. Conspiracy argument is self-sealing in that objections are quickly covered up by the logic of the conspiracy. That means that conspiracy cannot be disproven. If you deny the plot, the conspiracist accuses you of a cover-up, of trying to suppress the truth or free speech. If you deny the facts, the conspiracist says they won't tell you the truth or they suppress the evidence. Like a tire that covers up the hole when you run over a nail, so you can keep driving the conspiracy. Oh, so you can... All right, let me restart that. I apologize. Like a tire that covers up the hole when you run over a nail, so you can keep driving. The conspiracy cannot be punctured. There is no fact or truth that can penetrate the conspiracy theory. The logic of conspiracy covers it up. So I find that very, very interesting. Um, I just want to see um, how that uh, further develops um, as we get into the rest of this this right here. Um, let me see here. We're going to begin now with the uh, Tucker Carlson segment. Uh, all right, let's get right into it. Now that we've gotten a little bit familiarized with the propaganda playbook, we should be able to uh, listen to his spiel. And what's fascinating, too, is that I could not find this on YouTube. It was actually only on the Fox News website. So I find it very fascinating what they're willing to, um, you know, put out on the most public sphere and then also just keep either on the channel or specifically to, um, you know, uh, the, the Fox News website. So um, as it's loading here and there's advertisements, see, like, it's not convenient to do it through the Fox News website. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be struggle busing here a little bit, um, but hopefully we get something decent and good going on here. Oh, it, it seems that it got right into it. Wow. Oh, wow. I, I'm surprised. There there was no... Uh, there was no break. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a commercial, so we'll, we'll, we'll just begin now. Uh, right there. Boom. Play. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. This weekend, police in Columbus, Georgia, arrested a 39-year-old man called Justin Tyron Roberts. Over the course of a single day, Roberts shot five separate people in two different states. We know this happened because Roberts has admitted he did it. He also said why he did it. In his confession, police say Roberts, quote, explained that throughout his life, specifically white males had taken from him, so he decided to kill them. In one case, Robert w Roberts walked up behind a white man, a total stranger, as he was getting out of his car, and shot him in the back. By any definition, these were crimes of viciousness motivated by race hate. They're not unique in this country, not by a long shot. If we wanted to, and we don't want to, we could do a whole show on crimes like these. 
nor are they especially surprising, really, when you think about it. If you really believed what the Democratic Party and BLM were telling you, that white males are intentionally destroying the world, you might be motivated to hurt someone. Why wouldn't you? What's striking is how little it's... I think the negative effect of Tucker Carlson um, commenting on race issues, race relations in America, is that he himself has been designated by other onlookers as a white supremacist and even white supremacists acknowledge that tucker carlson hits the right talking points so here i'm seeing a very um skewed outlook and detrimental argument being made and further covering up the white supremacist uh tendencies within the united states whether it's the citizenry or perhaps institutions attention justin tyron roberts's shooting spree has received imagine if the colors were reversed here Roberts will be leading every newscast tonight. Needless to say, he is not. In fact, this may be the last time you hear his name on television. And on one level, honestly, that is fine with us. Picking at the wound, America's wound, is unwise. We've always thought that. We think it more now than ever. A multiracial country can only survive if it self-consciously de-emphasizes race, if it treats every person as an individual and not a member of some larger group that's guilty or innocent. So that should be the... And yet the wild thing is, is that like, you know, they don't have to use racism as much as they can use political organizations like Black Lives Matter and effectively attach um, wonderful, um, you know, the, 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 the trap of ideology, you know, attaching, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, effectively attaching um, white supremacy, or not white supremacy, uh, Marxism uh, with... BLM so that you know you oppose them not because of race not because of you know anything that has to deal with this systemic racism it, it, it it's merely about protecting the ideology of the United States which is a democratic republic capitalist society goal that's our history and we ought to get back to it as soon as we can but that is exactly the opposite of what our leaders are doing they're working hard to divide us into warring camps and they're using lies to do it the fascinating thing is, is that like Republicans apparently have no uh, fault in this whatsoever. It's the, you know, left wing activists pushing critical race theory on your children that are dividing America, you know, just saying, hey, white supremacy has been a thing in the United States and we can use critical thinking to analyze legislation, policy and social events to see whether or not they are around to maintain white supremacy. That's a dividing issue for Republicans. Uh, it's pretty wild to me. They're telling us a story that is completely and very much intentionally disconnected from reality. They're claiming that something called white supremacy, and that's a term they never define, is the single greatest threat we face. The fact that he, like, every time he brings up, like, racism or white supremacy, he's always like, oh, they can't define it. They can never define it. And um, it's, it's, it's so obvious that he can use the internet much, much like everyone else does to get that information. So it's, it's, you know, it's not like it's not available to Tucker Carlson. He just uses his willful ignorance to, um, you know, pretend he doesn't know what white supremacy is while he hits the perfect dog whistles at the right key and speaks directly to the white supremacist militias in America, or at least organizations. It's a greater threat than Al-Qaeda or ISIS. Here's our thoroughly craven attorney general telling us that very lie. If like if you don't if you aren't if you're not listening to the militia watch updates that I'm giving you and then at the same time like um, 
pick up the book uh, Bring the War Home by Catherine uh, Ballou, which is about the white supremacist and alt-right movement through uh, the 1970s up until this point. If you aren't really brushed up on a lot of this, then it's a really easy for you to buy from Tucker Carlson that it's not a problem. But as we do the Militia Watch updates and I read this book, I am seeing how Tucker Carlson is basically keeping them under wraps so that there's not enough information and focus on these groups. And it's very dangerous I today in the FBI's view the top domestic violent extremist threat comes from racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists specifically those who advocated for the superiority of the white race while that is a major threat also those who are willing to uh, keep the fabric of America like not every militia group is that focused on racially dividing Americans we can't necessarily pin that 100% down on Proud Boys because of the optics that they've gone with with like choosing their leaders one of their leaders being like half Cuban I think um, even though Gavin McGinnis who started it is a pretty obvious white supremacist um, you know, the, 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 the right wing, the ones who are there to defend capitalism in decline and hold on to the American tradition, um, those are big threats. Like, that, that, that's, that's, the, that's one of the biggest threats that we're not really acknowledging here. So it's, it's easy to throw just the white supremacists under the bus and be like they're a great threat because it's very much true. They've been operating for a while now and they've been radicalizing people as, you know, as generations come and go. Um, so... They are a huge threat, but those who are also just willing to uh, commit violence in uh, maintaining the status quo, um, that also is an equal threat to white supremacy. All right, that's the Attorney General of the United States making a statement of fact backed up by the FBI. So it's fair to ask obvious questions. Who exactly are these violent white supremacists? What are their names? What crimes under the U.S. Code have they committed? See, and that's the thing you have to wonder is whether or not it's actually responsible for um, big, uh, you know, for governments to actually acknowledge the existence of these groups. Like you have to uh, kind of wonder just a little bit whether or not like giving them out by name is actually going to help the situation or if it's going to further radicalize people into those groups. Um, so it, it is a bit of a worry that we can't necessarily pin it down to Oath Keepers, Three Percenters, People's Rights Organization, the, 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 the many groups that are out and existing and operating, um, and especially ones that are running for office, ones close to Lauren Boebert, ones close to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, these are things to be concerned about. So, uh, you know, genuinely fascinated, honestly, just uh, a lot of this is very fascinating to me so i uh I, I i can't believe how much tucker carlson is really downplaying the effect of far right-wing ideology we still don't know merrick garland didn't tell us today instead he spent most of his time talking about the riot at the capitol on january 6th an event that had nothing whatsoever to do with race nothing and yet um three percenters who are a white nationalist group um, were there and had plans. I'm not 100% sure whether or not Oath Keepers are just as uh, white supremacists because with the book that I'm reading, Bring the War Home, um, the white uh, power movement has slowly shifted into just a militia movement. And so that white powerness is going a lot more subtle and a lot more 
uh, covert than it used to be in like the 1970s, 80s, and 90s. Um, really hitting a, a point with Timothy McVeigh and the Oklahoma City bombing. Um, that really hitting a pinnacle and them having to go deeper underground. But Merrick Garland lied about that. He, like most people you see on television, wants you to believe and wants history to record that January 6th was an attempted insurrection by white supremacist, supremacist revolutionaries bent on taking over this country. We uh, again, a lot of, there were um, groups, individuals and cells there that were interested in that. And, you know, we just went over how there were people interested in over uh, hanging or executing anybody who did not overthrow the election so you know to say that there's no merit to this uh is uh pretty damning in itself tucker like you it, like it's so obvious how much he is hiding these things and then using conspiracy theory like built upon trump's rhetoric and propaganda of a deep state so this is extremely dangerous rhetoric that that is going on right now came this close merrick garland said and that's why quote we must adopt a broader societal response to tackle the problem's deeper roots. So because of January 6th, says the chief law enforcement officer in the United States of America and many other members of Joe Biden's cabinet, we must now use law enforcement and military force to arrest, imprison, and otherwise crush anyone who leads opposition to Joe Biden's government. And that's the that's the thing is that it, it wasn't about Joe Biden's government. It was about maintaining power with Trump. And it's it's very fascinating because we're getting the whitewash of history as 2020 slowly fades into the back of our minds. And that like the conservatives were arguing this very same case uh, to be used against um, the BLM protests and the Antifa activists. Um, in Portland and around the country. They wanted to use federal government resources to crack down on these protests. So um, they're not against it going against right-wing movements that um, are about police and criminal justice reform that did cause a lot of property damage and then also had a lot of human violence involved. But that too did happen in one single day on J6, which was directly related with our democratic electoral process. That's their position. They say that out loud. They did today. So what is this exactly? Well, it's a big change in the way the United States government assesses and then treats its own citizens. We are living through the transformation of a formerly democratic republic into something else. We're looking at growing authoritarianism. That's not an overstatement. Vladimir Putin knows authoritarian systems very well. And he sees clearly what is happening in this country. Watch this. Did you order Alexei Navalny's assassination? Of course not. We don't have this kind of habit of assassinating anybody. That's one. Number two is, I want to ask you, did you order the assassination of the woman who walked into the Congress and who was shot and killed by a policeman? Do you know that 450 individuals were arrested after entering the Congress and they didn't go there to steal a laptop? They came with political demands. See, okay. So yeah, <laughs> even Putin can recognize what was going on there. And like of course we're not supposed to take what he said seriously because if we were to do that then we would admit that uh there is a problem along the far right with um among the the the, the right wing. So it, it awesome. Love it. Um uh, yeah. So let's let's debunk that because he's an authoritarian communist. 
We just played tape of Vladimir Putin. Now, under normal circumstances, we would never play tape of a foreign adversary criticizing our government. But honestly, those are fair questions. Who did shoot Ashley Babbitt, and why don't we know? Are uh, Capitol Police, we do know. Are anonymous federal agents now allowed to kill unarmed women who protest the regime? That's okay now? No, it's not okay. It'll they were invading the Congress screaming, hang Mike Pence. Um, they wanted to also, uh, there were plans to kidnap Nancy Pelosi. If you remember the picture of the gentleman with the uh, plastic handcuffs, the zip tie handcuffs with the sidearm, there were uh, uh, violent uh, plans by certain individuals in some cells and some organizations. And it's very uh, fascinating here that we keep hiding them behind the moderate Republicans, the so-called moderate Republicans. And Tucker Carlson is doing great propagandist work for these white supremacist right-wing militias at this point. Never be okay. And why are all those January 6th protesters still in prison on trespassing charges as so many Biden voters who torched federal buildings walking free? What's the answer to that question? If all of that was going on in Russia, we would rightly call it. Uh, there's absolutely no proof that everybody who participated in the BLM protests were actually Biden supporters. Um, and also on top of let's 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 get some more facts here. Um, uh, a, a lot of those arrests were just giant sweeps. Um, there was one thing that was called kettling, I believe, where they just blocked off roads and arrested a bunch of people who were on a block. Um, there were the uh, U.S. Marshals going around in vans, just unmarked vans, unmarked gear, like no names and just swooping up and taking protesters. There were just like wide arrests that didn't that, that didn't necessarily have the evidence to back up their arrest. And that's why they were let go. If there was sufficient enough evidence to actually arrest these people, I like why would the government not do it? And then also. So, too, you saw these release under the time period of Donald Trump being president. So, like, acknowledging that as well, are, is Trump also guilty of letting them go? But scary. We would call Putin a dictator. In fact, we do call him a dictator. He is a dictator, yeah. And speaking of January 6th, why are there still so many things, basic factual matters, that we don't understand about that day? Why is the... Well, mainly your, your misunderstanding from it would probably be coming from the fact that you're consuming Fox News to get your information about the J6 riot. Um, and that's not the best place to do it. As I'm deconstructing here, Tucker Carlson is co like covering, uh, giving cover fire for the white supremacists, for the right wing militias. So um, maybe, you know, maybe Fox News has something to do with that. The Biden administration preventing us from knowing. Why is the administration still hiding more than 10,000 hours of surveillance tape from the U.S. Capitol on January 6th? What could possibly be the reason for that? Even I mean, it would have been fascinating if we had actually passed that 9-11 commission and we w maybe that would have been made public due to further investigations, but that did not pass because of Senate Republicans. So um, interesting fact there that's also being ignored. Why would, why would Senate Republicans want to ignore that? You have to wonder. is they call for more openness. We need to get to the bottom of it. They could release those tapes today, but they're not. Why? We ought to be asking those questions urgently because as the Attorney General reminded us today, a lot depends on the answers. And at least one news organization is asking that. Revolver News. It's a new site. It turned out to be one of the last honest outlets on the internet. A new piece on... When Tucker Carlson says that one media outlet in particular is... 
uh, you know, uh, resourceful and trustworthy, it, it's pretty dubious to me. You know, I, I don't trust that. Like the fact that Tucker Carlson is like, I like this one. Revolver.news suggests an answer to some of these questions. We know that the government is hiding the identity of many law enforcement officers who were present at the Capitol on January 6th, not just the one who killed Ashley Babbitt. But also, too, Fox News is hiding the identities of those who participated in, in, in the J6 riot. And that's why I feel like it's really important to cover the Militia Watch updates because they, they stay up to date with the events and the arrests and the trials. All of that information around J6, they are still keeping up to date with far better than Fox News is. I've learned more information about the J6 riot from Militia.watch than I have from any Tucker Carlson news segment. According to the government's own court filings, those law enforcement officers participated in the riot, sometimes in violent ways. And then we are finding out that there were, in fact, police officers who participated. Just in today's Militia Watch update, there was a police officer from Chicago who participated. So um, an ex-police chief from California participated. Uh, there were police presence there. And it's not that hard to make a stretch that a lot of police um, police officers have uh, far-right uh, ideology beliefs, mainly in the idea that they need to protect the status quo. It, it fits like hand in hand. And that's why you go to BLM protests and you hear cops and Klan go hand in hand as a, a as a protest chant. And that's mainly like it's 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 a way to attach it with a you know catchy slogan. And everybody's familiar with the Klan, although they're not the most active of the groups these days. So, uh, yay, Tucker, yay. We know that because without fail, the government has thrown the book at most people who are present in the Capitol on January 6th. There was a nationwide dragnet to find them. And Except for the, the people who perpetuated it, which were like Senate Republicans like Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who had uh, tours, I think, like a week before or a couple of days before the uh, protesters showed up to the Capitol. And then, of course, Donald Trump, who really perpetuated this and Rudy Giuliani, who was at his side to do that as well. I mean, fucking uh, Trump tweeting literally days before, like, come down to D.C. on January 6th. It's going to be wild. Like the, the guy who really fed this lie in this event has faced zero accountability, while all of his supporters who would probably kill and die for him are taking that full brunt of the, the law. So... And many of them are still in solitary confinement tonight. But strangely, some of the key people who participated on January 6th have not been charged. Look at the document. The government calls those people unindicted co-conspirators. What does that mean? Well, it means that in potentially every single case, they were FBI operatives. Really? In the Capitol on January 6th. For example, one of those unindicted co-conspirators is someone government documents identify only as person two. According to those documents, person two stayed in the same hotel room as a man called Thomas Caldwell, an insurrectionist, a man alleged to be a member of the group, the Oath Keepers. Person two also. Wow. Wow. He actually named them. Oh, wow. That was fascinating. That. Wow. I, wow, I actually did not think that he would do that. Um, yeah, wow. <laughs> okay, all right. So let's see where this goes. Wow. From the barricades at the Capitol on January 6th, alongside Thomas Caldwell. 
The government's indictments further indicate that Caldwell, who, by the way, is a 65-year-old man, is dangerous insurrectionist. That, yeah, that, that age does not stop you from participating in harmful ideologies. That's, that's, a, that's a weird point to make. Trump is, was like the figurehead to all of these militia groups. He was very good at unifying them. And he's like 74. So uh, what, are, what are we talking about? Was led Rupert Murdoch, who pays Tucker Carlson to feed disinformation, conspiracies, and also covert the fascists in our country, is w like older than Trump. So w what are we doing? To believe there would be a, quote, quick reaction force also participating on January 6th. Wow. He's actually doing, he's actually giving some information here that's been in the Militia Watch updates. Props. But I am still fascinated here how he's going to end up defending it. Next. That quick reaction force, Caldwell was told, would be led by someone called Person 3, who had a hotel room and an accomplice with him. But wait. But wait, he didn't bring up the fact that they also stored a ton of guns in that hotel. So fascinating how we're cherry picking info here. They're just downplaying the severity of the threat that they were. That's awesome. Cool. Here's the interesting thing. Person 2 and Person 3 were organizers of the riot. The government knows who they are, but the government has not charged them. Why is that? You know why. How do we know they haven't charged them? Because we didn't give them out by name. So how do we know? And how do we know that they, the, the, these persons two and three, because of their names, aren't uh, you know, having a bit of anonymity due to that? How do, how do we know? They were almost certainly working for the FBI. So FBI operatives were organized. How the f all right, he's he literally just like did a leap of logic there. So I'm not even going to address that because, yes, the FBI does infiltrate these far right groups. But um, the way that he jumped it, that, you know, that they're mainly made up of the Oath Keepers, um, that they're the predominant members of the Oath Keepers is just another like kind of him using the deep state lie to get across that these groups aren't as dangerous as they are. Organizing the attack on the Capitol on January 6th, according to government documents. And those two are not alone. And also according to those documents that he did not display whatsoever, so I have to question whether or not they actually exist. In all, Revolver News reported there are, quote, upwards of 20 unindicted co-conspirators in the Oath Keeper indictments, all playing various roles in the conspiracy, who have not been charged for virtually the exact same activities, and in some cases, much, much more severe activities as those named alongside them in the indictments. See, and the fascinating thing there is they at least admit that they were using the moderate Republicans as cover uh, to you know, hide themselves and uh, reduce the optics of the severity of the situation. But, uh, oh man, I, 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 it's, it's surprising here because just because they haven't been charged yet doesn't necessarily mean that they aren't going to be charged. Maybe more evidence is still being gathered. Huh? So it turns out that this white supremacist insurrection was, again, by the government's own admission in these documents, organized at least in part by government agents. Are you shocked? We're shocked. We shouldn't be shocked. Because in March, the FBI director admitted that the Bureau was infiltrating as many dissident groups that oppose the regime as it possibly can.
There must be moments where you think if we would have known, uh, if we could have. They've been doing that for a while. Uh, for a while, they've been infiltrating both left wing and right wing groups. So this isn't a new revelation whatsoever. Uh, Google COINTELPRO if you don't know. Uh, infiltrated this group or found out what they were doing. And that, do you, do you have those moments? So anytime there's an attack, especially one that's this horrific, that strikes right at the heart of our system of government, right at the time the transfer of power is being discussed, you can be darn tootin' <laughs> that we are focused very, darn very tootin'. hard on how can we get better sources, better information, better analysis, so that we can make sure that something like what happened on January 6th never happens again. Well, wait a second. There's a huge difference between using an informant to find out what a group you find threatening might do and paying people to help organize a violent action, which is what happened, apparently, according to government documents, on January 6th. Again, he hasn't provided in any of these uh, government documents, so I have to question their actual validity. Um, and also, too, whether or not that, you know, the, the act in itself had to be committed before the FBI could actually um, charge anybody for it. So I find that a little bit fascinating as well, um, because, you know, the, the they're well like, you know, uh, police forces are well known for using um, what is what is essentially um, sting operations. Right. So it's it's very often for them to be uh, using sting operations like uh, with what happened um at Ruby Ridge um, with uh, the, the the father at Ruby Ridge. Man, his name is just escaping me. I can't remember his name, but back in the 90s, Ruby Ridge, they uh, stung Operation. They uh, basically um, asked him, the, the FBI informant asked him to um, uh, essentially uh sell two guns uh to them which would have been an illegal firearm sale and that's how that whole thing began so sting operations aren't new to the situation but the level that you know everybody was put at risk with this sting operation would be damnable if there is evidence to provide that the fbi also too helped to plan the uh j6 uh riot but also too um you know, there has been information that they were vaguely aware of the situation, and that's why there was such a lax police response in the hopes to avoid outright confrontation and violence. That's a line, and the FBI has crossed it, and it's not the first time they crossed that line in Michigan. Remember that plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer? We heard a lot about that, and Whitmer was able to cover some of her own incompetence, though not all, by pointing to the fact that she's now a victim. Now, in the they, FBI's <laughs> telling of that plot, a whole team of insurrectionists was going to drive a van. Wolverine Watchmen, they're not insurrectionists. They, uh, well, I mean, I guess attempting to kidnap the governor, hang her in, co uh, in a kangaroo court might be insurrectionist behavior. Um, they're a militia group specific to Michigan and have been uh, facing a lot of charges for their plot to kidnap and kill the governor. And up to Gretchen Whitmer's vacation house and throw her in the back and drive away. The mastermind of this plot, according to the FBI, was a man called Adam Fox. Who is Adam Fox? Adam Fox turned out to be a homeless guy who was living in the basement of a vacuum repair shop. Quite a gorilla. The whole story was... A yeah, uh, somebody's economic status doesn't necessarily, like, um, 
cover their their entire threat to the system. Like you also have to look to who uh, they're networking with, who they're related to. Like that's 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 a, that's a weird argument to make. Just because he lives in the basement of a vacuum shop doesn't mean that he ha- doesn't have the connections to effectively organize a bunch of white supremacists to move against the United States. The farce. It was insulting, really. Once you got to the details, which outlets like the AP didn't bother with in the first read. But if you read the government's charging documents carefully, and you should, you will see that it gets even more ridiculous. It turns out that one of the five people in the planned Gretchen Whitmer kidnap van was an FBI agent in the van. Another was an FBI informant. And that's how the sting got busted is because they were that close to the situation. And if you can see, uh, Governor Whitmer was not kidnapped. They actually stepped in before it happened. And uh, that sounds like a success for the FBI. That's 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 a weird charge to make. He's still like trying to um, move the idea of a sting operation and moving the responsibility of the act of itself to the FBI as if they're the ones who it's a conspiracy way of thinking to um, basically hold the FBI accountable for the actions of these groups that they themselves are uh, keeping track of. So, wow. And the feds admitted in these documents that an informant or undercover agent was, quote, usually present in the group's meetings. In other words, using simple math, which we can do even on cable news, nearly half the gang of kidnappers were working for the FBI. Remember, there's no proof to nearly half. That was see again, like this is like that deep state conspiracy that he's he's feeding in here that the FBI was doing all of this to make Trump look bad, like honestly it's 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 fucking wild how much work he is doing for the white nationalists and far-right ideology right now remember the guy who suggested using a bomb to blow up a bridge as part of that plot that got a lot of coverage that guy was an undercover fbi agent oh no no proof absolutely no proof provided he just says it and i i have to wonder if there's actually um any truth to that i have no no idea and i would have to google it but the thing is not going to because uh tucker carlson is just outright lying and it's 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 horrible okay so if you're wondering why they're always comparing january 6th to 9 11 there's your answer they're using the same tactics and a lot of us missed this the first time around and you are due an apology and we're proffering it on television right now we didn't see the obvious. If you empower the government to violate civil liberties in pursuit of a foreign terror organization, and there are foreign terror organizations, it's just a matter of time before ambitious politicians use those same mechanisms to suppress political dissent. And that's what we're seeing now. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, though, is that they can take advantage of a situation. Not everything has to be necessarily manufactured. It's just the manipulation of it. Um, I find very fascinating, too, that he said one person was arrested for the bombing. There was five. So, like, it's really hard to take Tucker Carlson here on my side on face value. I can understand why his viewers would do it because he's in a trusted authority of information for them. But um, I come at him with a little bit more dubiousness. I don't trust everything that comes out of his mouth. And this, like, sounds extremely... Um, covert for a lot of the most dangerous ideology and political actors in our country. We should have seen it earlier. Trevor Aronson wrote a book on this called The Terror Factory, and it analyzed every terror prosecution from 2001 to 2013. Aronson found that at least 50 defendants were on trial because of behavior, 
that the FBI had not only encouraged but enabled. FBI. Yeah, again, that's what a stick like a sting operation is. They do it all the time on all kinds of all kinds of things. So that's that's weird. Um, it maybe it's not the best way to police by hanging a carrot in front, you know, hanging a carrot in front of a white supremacist and then arresting them for eating it. But um, they are willing to eat it. You see the problem here. Agents were essentially the plotters in these crimes. They made the crimes crimes. In 2012, no, the law made the them crimes. Petra Bartosiewicz found that FBI agents had, quote, crossed the line from merely observing potential criminal behavior, which, by the way, is allowed and good, to, and we're quoting, encouraging people and assisting people to participate in plots that are largely scripted by the FBI itself, end quote. And we checked. We looked carefully. And that's not an exaggeration. Wish it were. One of those plots was an Islamic terror attack in 2015 in Garland, Texas. It turns out that an FBI employee played an active role in that shooting. The FBI was much closer to the Garland attack than anyone realized. After the trial, you discovered that the government knew a lot more about the Garland attack than they had let on. That's right. Yeah. After the trial, we found out that they had had an undercover agent who had been texting with Simpson less than three weeks before the attack to him tear up Texas, which to me was an encouragement to Simpson. The man he's talking about was a special agent of the FBI, working undercover, posing as an Islamic radical. Man. So they're doing that to Islamic radicals. What are they doing to American citizens? That should the same really thing. worry you. But again, in a moment of uncharacteristic <laughs> we honesty, shouldn't let it slide just because they're American citizens. Like we shouldn't just be okay with the all Qaeda because you know they're they're uh, American citizens. They live in American states. They're still very much a threat to the rest of the citizenry. So that's that's a weird weird comment to make because when it comes to left wing movements, Tucker Carlson has no problem whatsoever in allowing the government to. Um, attack these groups so uh great awesome a former fbi assistant director called frank figaluzzi explained the other day on msnbc the goal is to round up people who dissent against the regime and throw them into solitary and that's including members of congress watch this what have we learned from our experience with international terrorism? In but let's also acknowledge that members of congress were encouraging the events of j6 in order to address that problem, arresting low-level operatives is merely a speed bump, not a roadblock. In order to really tackle terrorism, and this time domestically, you've got to attack and dismantle the, the, the command and control element of a terrorist group. That may mean people sitting in Congress right now. Round up sitting members, duly democratically elected members of Congress because they oppose the regime? And that's exactly what the people who were invading J6 also wanted to do, too. So, like, ignoring that fact and, uh, you know, to, to, to an extent, I don't agree with the government. But at this point, they are at a threat level of having a white ethno-nationalist fascist regime try to take over through the means of this, like, weird militia movement. Um, he's, he's, he's missing the point here that that's exactly what those groups wanted to do when they came into the Capitol. But he's always like, oh, they're just average citizens, the moderate Republicans, the Trump supporters, you know? And not being quite on point he acknowledged that oath keepers were there but then downplayed the severity of the danger that they actually posed so like phenomenal work tucker phenomenal
even Vladimir Putin's not doing that. And there's a former assistant director of the FBI calling for it on television. What do you mean? What do you mean? He arrested his political opposition and then that dude was poisoned. What do you mean? That happened. That was national news. That was global news, man. That happens. What do you mean? And no one noticed. So then we're rounding people up. How about rounding up the FBI operatives that rioted on January 6th? Why not identify the guy who shot Ashley Babbitt to death? This is crazy, and we should resist it. See, and then the, isn't that amazing that at the end there, he, he uses we should resist it, which he's speaking directly to the far right and white ethno-nationalists. Like, that's great. Like, that's that's the peak right there. That's exactly what we need in this country. And it's it's us dividing everyone because we don't want white supremacy to be militant. You know, that's 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 on us. We're dividing America on those lines. Amazing. So thank you, crypto fascist Tucker Carlson. I really appreciate the content. This has been Tox News. Uh, find me on Twitter at ToxinPod, T-O-X-N-P-O-D. And, uh, you know, like the video, subscribe, dislike it if you didn't like it, rate, review, comment, blah, 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 blah. Have a wonderful day. I will catch you at some point when more juicy toxicity is on the front. things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but... Uh... You remain one...